And welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Make sure you stop by there, grab the investor kit and the precious metal advisor that is drafted, written, and uh, manipulated and mastered by Darren Long. In studio today, we have Jeremy Wiseman. Jeremy, you're here, but uh, Darren is joining us via Skype because he's uh, you're snowed in up there in wherever you live. I, I don't know. It's, it's north of the GTA, right? Somewhere I here. Am, there you I are. Am north, I am north of the city, and the snow is... Plentiful here today, to say the least. We uh, had to do the show from Skype, but it's all good. I'm still here, and uh, we're looking at a really good market this week, John. The prices of silver and gold have absolutely rebounded. Trading right now in the 1712 range. Uh, This is silver. We're taping on Thursday afternoon. Well, gold is trading at uh, $1,229. Uh, even right now and both metals saw very very good support during the week we have a lot to talk about in this show we're going to spend a lot of time talking about updated information but the thing we want to lead with that we touched base on last week was the updated statistics on the silver eagle sales Mm -hmm. these are the uh, world-renowned silver eagle coins and they have now surpassed the 2013 level here in 2014. So despite the price drop, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute, despite that price drop, we have seen significant uptick in the demand overall. After the U.S. Mint updated its bullion figures on Monday of this week, 2014 Silver Eagle sales reached a new annual record surpassing last year's total by nearly 200,000 coins. Not only was 2014 a banner year for the world's most uh, purchased uh, coin, silver coin, the silver-gold eagle ratio also hit a new record high. The U.S. Mint sold nearly half a million silver eagles over the weekend, putting the total for December at 1.3, just over 1.3 million. This very, very strong weekend demand pushed the total annual silver eagle sales to 42,864,000 over last year's previous record of 42,765,000 by about 100,000. And furthermore, there are still a few more weeks remaining in the month, so that number is going to grow. And it's unbelievable. So we're looking at very, very big demand. And this is happening despite the price being lower. Does it mean people are starting to wake up, Jeremy? Finally buy silver again or what? I think that it makes complete sense that demand would grow when prices are are lower. Um, Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, the price is, is, is lower. Um, we could talk about that for hours. We can just, you know, get into our sewing circle and, and discuss all the theories that are out there. But at the end of the day, the price is lower. And when prices are pushed too low, what's going to happen is you're going to really put pressure on the supply side, which we've seen. We've talked about uh, mining closures. We've talked about the fact that this is the price currently is below what it would cost to manufacture silver or, sorry, to bring it out of the ground. And of course, when when anything is low in price, you're going to get you're going to get dem- demand really start to pe- to grow. In North America, we haven't seen that as much, but every week, and we're going to talk about it a little more this week, if just to drill it in a little more, the, the demand throughout the world has been massive for for physical silver, and what Darren is is mentioning is 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 pure case in point. So, what ends up happening is right now silver is being subsidized for. For uh, the people, silver is considered, uh, you know, the people's the people's gold, and uh, right now they are are being subsidized to buy it at a much cheaper price, which means you can buy more than your fair share of silver. What that does mean down the road is that there's going to be a lack of it for other people at much much higher prices, and we're seeing article after article coming out this week that's just saying that. $50 silver is a given that the prices will be much, much higher than that. And that's what happens when the pendulum goes from undervalued to overvalued. So we definitely see that this is a great time to buy. one eight seven seven eight silver on therealmoneyshow.com. We still got that massive uh, ratio between gold and silver, Darren? We do have that massive ratio, John. It hasn't changed much. Uh, with both metals rising this week, it's still holding in the 60 to 65 range. And it's been that high for some time. As you know, we've been doing the show for so many years. And the significance of that ratio is so important in the grand scheme of things. And as that ratio declines, it's an indication that silver is starting to pick up the pace. Sentiment is going to change. And you'll see that ratio shrink. If everybody recalls the last bull market we had in the 70s, that ratio actually shrunk back to its traditional ratio of 16 
16 to 1 when gold hit 850 an ounce and silver hit 52 an ounce. In this particular bull market since 2002, that gap has been as wide as 90 to 1, meaning it requires 90 ounces of silver for every one ounce of gold. And it's been as low as 33 to 1. And we expect right now, uh, based on what we're seeing and what Jeremy was just discussing, also adds fuel to the fire, we expect that ratio to shrink again. And that is usually led by a, a round change in gold. We're seeing good support at these levels. Gold is now taken and captured the 1200 level. We're going to hopefully close tomorrow. That's Friday. And as you're hearing this on Saturday and Sunday, uh, if the price of, of gold held above 1200 it's a good indication we could be getting a lift in pricing. Now, I won't say that we're 100% clear of this, uh, this particular jaunt down in the market, but when we see things like these uh, demand sales hitting new highs in the coinage market, these are the indications that a real bottom is starting to form and the beginning of a change in mentality for the next run-up is starting to happen. So when we see that, it just means that we're looking at the the broader markets and we're applying the fundamentals that we come to this show every week with and talk about we're applying those fundamentals and they're working now the second story we want to talk about right now is the comex gold depositories now if everybody knows there are numerous depositories around the world uh, that are controlled by exchanges similar to stock markets where you trade futures contracts and uh, gold and silver are no exception in the Western markets, we have the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which is in control and owns the New York Mercantile Exchange. And on that exchange is the COMEX, which is the Commodities uh, division of the NYMEX. And there we find gold and silver, and gold in particular, a very interesting story. Registered inventories declined 25% in one day, and it was a very wow. surprising update. There were two large gold withdrawals from the comics last Friday, and that's, if you're listening to the show on Saturday, Sunday, that's a week ago, not this past Friday. Not only were these large withdrawals, they came from Brinks and Scotia Makata's registered inventories, and these are inventories that almost never get touched. So even though the comics holds about seven uh, and a half to eight million ounces of gold, only 10% of that product is stored in the registered category. And on Thursday, uh, Brinks last week, Brinks held 257,000 ounces of gold and Scotia held 339,000 ounces in their registered inventories. And then once Friday took uh, place, the CME group released an update and it's Comics Gold Warehouse stocks and Brinks registered inventories declined. So did Scotia Makata. And that left us with a bit of a gap. That's kind of one of those defining moments, John. We talk about those triggers. This is an event-driven market. If you're a buyer, these are the things you pay attention to, you mm -hmm. want to get on and understand a little more about because these are the triggers that set the market off. And as we're seeing this happen, prepare for more news similar to this as we see the inventories go lower and lower, similar to what we're seeing in China. One eight seven seven eight silver online therealmoneyshow.com. You mentioned about getting off the fence, Darren, and buying. Jeremy, how do we do that? How do we start? Uh, there, the easiest way would be you can go to guildhallwealth.com, click on the e-store, and you can choose from a, a variety of bullion products. And uh, it couldn't be easier. You just register online, pick your product, We'll send you uh, the Canadian costs for those, and uh, you can either pick it up directly from our offices or we can ship it to you. Um, and uh, shipping's free above $5,000. We're also doing a promotion uh, this month that for every 100-ounce bar of silver you purchase, you'll get a silver maple. So if uh, you've been thinking the time is right to get into the market, well... You could pick up 500 ounces, order that through the e-store. You could set up your depository account and store those 500 ounces in the depository, and then we'll ship you the five maples, and you can give those away as stocking stuffers. So we're, we're adding a little bit of incentive for such great prices here in the market. But again, you just go to guildhallwealth.com, log on to the e-store, and you can pick up your bullion right away. Darren. And if you are looking to add bullion right now, the suggestion that I'm going to make is to start by adding both gold and silver. Both are tremendously low in price right now. My suggestion is to simply take your budget, 
uh, maybe take a 70-30 approach, 70% to silver, 30% to gold. I personally like silver a little more than I like gold. If you don't like to speculate, then perhaps you can go a different direction and try perhaps to go uh, a little more heavy on gold and less on silver. But I do think right now that you're getting a prime opportunity to take advantage of marking uh, of low uh, market pricing in both gold and silver. And the stories are starting to shape up again on the heels of that last story we talked about. Yet another one we want to discuss, which is a huge game changing catalyst for the price of silver. There are a number of indicators that silver is extremely undervalued. We've talked about the ratio between gold and silver. It's extremely wide, which means silver right now is more under valued and the key to gold and silver that ratio uh, it has continued to widen and at around $16 an ounce it's down around 14% over the last year despite gold's recent rally so I expect that if we hold over the next few days silver will get a nice uptick and it could move towards the 18 to $19 range barring any setbacks in pricing there and of course that can change but I think there are two emerging catalysts that over the long term will drive price for uh, silver exponentially higher that are part of the whole demand side of the equation. The first one is uh, what we call phot photovoltaic cells or PVs. Uh, and that pertains to global demand and photovoltaic cells can be found in solar technology. And this is a growing technology that is a widening hand over fist in different segments around the world. It's still a very cost prohibitive technology. You're not getting a lot of support from governments around the world. But parts of Europe are completely using solar technology. And they're uh, seeing this uh, shape the way demand in those areas for silver is uh, playing out. This is a huge, huge thing for the demand side of, of silver. And you want to consider the fact that silver supply is dwindling. It's not growing. We're not getting a growth in the primary silver miners. You're getting less and less and less. So as we come back to segment two, we're going to discuss it a little more. But this is a huge thing. And I'll point out number two just quickly. Mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing a growth in high-tech electronics. And by high-tech electronics, I mean no longer are we getting a bevy of electronics that come from multiple producers around the world. We're now seeing a, a very uh, fine-tuned market start to grow in the high-tech sector. And that means we're going to get more demand for silver coming in TVs, in the tablet growth, the market in the tablets, uh, in laptops, in very high-end technology. So we'll talk a little more about that as well. And you got the technology again, Jeremy, along the same lines in cars, right? Everybody's got a pop-up screen and, and literally a flat panel inside their car. It all requires silver, right? Yeah, we, you know, Guildhall's been um, in business since 2002, and every single year there's something new with technology that's involving mm -hmm. silver, and it's a c constantly growing industry. Uh, the solar power is one part of it. Water purification is another. I think that's a huge one going forward. Battery power is another part that silver gets involved in. And micro technologies as well, not to even mention the fact that it, it does naturally absorb bacteria. So you see it in clothing technology where it's in a lot of sports clothing or in, in washing machines. We've put it in, in, we've seen it in that. Or even simple things like, like soap and toothbrushes yeah. and things that absorb bacteria so, so we can, we can uh, be free from bacteria and, and keep ourselves healthy. That's where the born with the silver spoon in your right. mouth comes from. Gotcha. So um, we see that as definitely a growing in a growing part, uh, that demand. And of course, the low price is just putting more pressure on the supply side, as mentioned. So it's time to, to get involved. If you've been watching the market, you see that this is value, value, value. You know, price is what you pay and value is what you get. Right now, silver is incredibly undervalued, but it also couldn't be easier to purchase it. You can go to guildhallwealth.com, mm -hmm. uh, register to the e-store. Uh, you can just select it through there. You can, we offer storage services with our depository. Fully allocated, segregated very smart uh, idea. product. Yep, we can do it that way. It's fully insured, fully secured, and very liquid that way. Um, so that's what we do at Guildhall. We'll take a uh, short break, guys. Get back into more of this, and eventually uh, in another segment or two, we get into natural fancy color diamonds. In the meantime, want to start investing? Number very simple: one eight seven seven eight silver. And online to therealmoneyshow.com. While you're there, make sure you pick up an investor kit and sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor.
And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, very simple, one eight seven seven eight silver online, therealmoneyshow.com. We are there, you know, by now to pick up the Precious Metal Advisor. Sign up for that and get an investor kit. So I want to give you the heads up right away. Uh, December 20th on this show, we will have David Morgan. Uh, give me more details on David Morgan, Darren. Who is he? Uh, David Morgan is a world-renowned silver expert. He's uh, a precious metals aficionado. He's got degrees in finance and economics as well as engineering. He created the uh, website known as silverinvestor.com, and he originated the Morgan Report. And this is an economic news, overall financial health uh, of the global economy report. And this guy's known throughout the world. He speaks at conferences everywhere. We've had him on the show before. He's a friend to the show. And, of course, those that are listening to the show love hearing David Morgan. So we'd be happy to have him. Darren, I heard this week something out of the States that uh, mortgage loans could possibly be going the way uh, we went a few years ago. Please tell me this isn't true. Just more bad news. It is. It's unfortunate, but Fannie and Freddie officially have approved 3% down payment mortgages. This comes from housingwire.com, and um, this is a very, very tough pill to swallow because it tells me, we, number one, we didn't learn our lesson from 2008 and what happened then, and folks in the U.S. are still paying for that right now, which is an unbelievable thing to have to go through. They're not... Uh, certainly back to square one, so to speak. They've still lost a ton of money. And houses are still in foreclosure at record numbers, comparatively speaking, to what it was prior to 2008. And we have both government-sponsored enterprises. These are um, officially announcing that they're individually 97% loan-to-value products in the government's latest attempt, basically, to expand the credit box for first-time homeowners. So you have both parts of the government that oversee housing commit to this, Fannie and Freddie, and it's unbelievable to see this happening. It tells me that we're not learning our lesson. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're excited about in having uh, in having uh, David Morgan on with us is to discuss the way sentiment might be different if we experience a global downturn and if we do experience a global downturn will in fact the price of silver and gold chase down like the stock markets the pricing uh, as it did last time our belief and i've written extensively about it is that that won't happen because i think people have uh, got a fear inside of them that they didn't have prior to 2008 and that means that right now if you saw silver at four or five dollars an ounce back uh about five or six or seven years ago, and we told you where the market was going. We said, hey, this is going to be a a devastating time for the stock markets. People are going to lose their homes, their net worth. Would you have bought silver back then? And the answer is, of course. It's overwhelmingly. Of course you would have. You would have gone out and taken a chunk of money and bought some silver, knowing it was going to go to $49 an ounce. Mm -hmm. So this is what we see happening. Jeremy's take on it is probably similar, but Jeremy, we were discussing it. This mortgage uh, loans debacle, it's starting all over again, and it's a scary thing. You know what? I want to add to that um, another headline here. Why is the U.S. Treasury quietly ordering survival kits for U.S. bankers? The U.S. Treasury is putting $200,000 into survival kits. So, you know, they put out this one piece of news that they're going to allow basically no down payment. Uh, On the other hand, they're going to hand out, um, you know, survival kits with with thermal blankets and and tablets to get clean water. So, you know, what are they doing over there? What are they doing? They're, they're, They're just making a mockery of of the economic system and this is this this just comes down to simple economics when you interfere with economics what's going to happen you know you you can't make you can't simulate a free market right so everything no. gets thrown out of whack and that's what you're ending up with with also a ton of smoke and mirrors i i also know that for the last 3 years anyone who's bought gold and silver in the $20 range is certainly not going to sell it if the price of silver jumps from 17 to 19. No way. Right? If you even if they bought it three and a half years ago at $30, they're not going to sell it at $17, 18 They're going to wait for 50. Exactly. Anyone who's bought in the last 3 years is is simply not going to let it go. So this is what having gold and silver in your portfolio is all about. It's all about insurance. If you have insurance for your house and you have it for your health, why don't you have it for your portfolio? Are you looking for a particular price? You shouldn't be because 
Price is what you pay and value is what you get. This is about adding that value to your portfolio. Now, there's going to come a time where that 15% stake in your portfolio, Mm -hmm. because silver or gold will double or triple in value, will all of a sudden be worth 25% of your portfolio. Now you want to look at how much you should be holding and maybe it, it might be time to take profit. But again, I don't I don't see anyone who's purchased in the last three years is going to be taking profit of silver at $25. I just don't see that happening. You don't think it'll be a case of, you know, once bitten, twice shy with people living in the States. What, I can get a, a free mortgage? Let's do this all over again. Like, have, did you not learn the first time? Yeah, I don't... I. I don't know. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I, I completely agree. I think, I think 2008 wasn't that far ago, that long ago that we'd forgotten what happened. Um, and uh, we had a client in our office today who was in, in Virginia mm-hmm. back in 2007 and with a friend and said, oh, look at, that, look at that shack over there. It used to be worth 150 Now it's worth 375 And by the way, the gentleman who lives there doesn't have a job. That's the way it is, right? <laughs> right? What is going on? And everyone can see and, and be rational and logical and they see the stock market rising, but the economy isn't moving. Oil prices are dropping. Why? Because demand's off? Well, you can't have it both ways. You mm-hmm. can't have a, a brilliant economy, but demand on, on energy has dropped through the basement. So, um, And we haven't even talked about what could happen, what, what the results could be of low oil prices. I mean, it's great for us. We get to fill up fill our up tanks cheaper. Yep. at cheaper. We can no longer worry about you know, buying a Tesla. We're just like happy to, happy to <laughs> fill our cars up. Let's go buy a massive SUV. But it does have significant um, repercussions okay. to, to the economic right. situation here. So what could that be? What banks could be in trouble right now because the, the price of, of, of oil has gone down significantly? one eight seven seven eight silver on the realmoneyshow.com online. Make sure you get that precious metal advisor. Sign up for it on the website. Darren, uh, tell me why uh, you know, the bears might be wrong in all this. Well, the Bears got it wrong, John. There's no doubt about it. And we were talking in the first segment about some of the key indicators that are telling us this is what is uh, the wrong way to pursue this market. I mean, if you look at it, the idea here is very simple. One of the biggest reasons why I think the Bears got it wrong, and the Bears are the people who think the price is going lower. And the reason why I I think they're wrong is because China continues to accumulate record amounts of gold. Mainstream reports, and this is what most of our uh, of our subscribers and listeners will read, mainstream reports will tell you that Chinese imports of gold through Hong Kong are down. And that's true. They are. But total gold imports into China are up. And most journalists continue to overlook the fact that China imports gold directly into Beijing and Shanghai now. And there are at least 12 importing banks that we know of. If you're counting these unreported sources, imports have actually risen sharply. How do we know? Well, from other countries' export data. If you look at uh, Switzerland, for example, so far in 2014 alone, Switzerland has shipped 153 tons or 4.9 million ounces to China directly. This represents over 50% of what it sent through Hong Kong, which is 299 tons. The UK has also sent uh, in exports 15 billion in gold so far through 2014. And in fact, London has shipped so much gold to China and other parts of Asia that its domestic market has tightened significantly, according to bullion analysts there. So you're looking at this, and this is what's happening. And really what this means is the overall picture is that in fact – China is working to accelerate its accumulation. This is a growing trend. Mm -hmm. And the People's Bank of China released a plan just last Wednesday to open up gold imports to qualified miners as well as all banks that are members of the Shanghai Gold Exchange. Even commemorative gold uh, maker China Gold Coin could qualify to import bullion. And that's a big one for China. So not only will this further increase imports, but it's going to serve to lower premiums for Chinese buyers uh, and it's going to make purchases more affordable. So we are seeing that happening. It's burgeoning demand. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says, what the mainstream analyst says, what CNBC or BNM might say. Demand is rising there. And these centers are going to get on fire if the price starts to go up because everybody's going to try to jump in at the exact same time to accumulate as much as possible. I know, Jeremy, you were going to talk about a few other things as well. Yeah, uh, this is a... Th- what we're talking about is coming from a, a great article put out by Jeff Clark from uh, Casey Research. 
That will be in next week's Precious Metal Advisor. And to get that, you just go to therealmoneyshow.com and you can sign up and get that weekly newsletter that we send out that Darren puts together. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's not just China that's accumulating and, and wanting to increase the accumulation of gold. We have talked about this, that since 2008, central banks have become net buyers of gold. They're no longer selling their gold. They're looking to purchase gold. And we're seeing that um, through hoarding of all of many countries around, around the globe. The World Council is reporting that um, for the 12 months ending at September, uh, this past September, that gold demand outside of China and India was 1,500 tons. That's 50 million ounces. Wow. The problem is that the demand from, from China and India already equals the global production. So what we're getting at here is, again, when you have prices that aren't free market prices, that aren't where you're not getting that proper free market mechanism of price discovery, what you're ending up with is subsidized low prices. And India and China are taking advantage of that in spades. And what that means is you are going to end up with a situation where there's a very limited supply, but massive, massive demand. And how are you going to how are you going to handle that? You know, during the 30s, when when they tried to keep meat prices down, sorry, in, during uh, World War Two, they tried to keep meat prices down. What ended up happening is you had to ration out it. You had to ration mm-hmm. it out because everyone was saying, OK, I'm going to get more than my share then. But you can't have it that way. Right. So. Are they going to ration silver at this point? I mean, certainly dealers could do that. But even right now, the demand side, sorry, the supply side, dealers are having a tough time keeping things in stock. Well, it's scary when it's the two biggest economies in the world that are all over this. Right? (laughs) Absolutely. It's not us. It's not guys Uh, up in Peterborough buying silver. It's China and India. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, we do see a a growing trend. We see a trend where most people say, look, I've seen the market for the last uh, few years. It hasn't done a lot, but I've seen all the other things that are happening and it's, it's frightening and let's Let's do something about it. Let's buy the product now that at its low price, it's starting to make a lot of sense. So we're seeing a, we're seeing a demand despite the media saying that there is no demand. We're starting to see a major uptick in buying here. People are saying, you know what? The price is low enough. We're seeing the value. It's time to get in. So if anyone is is feeling that way, that the price of gold and silver is low enough to make that first purchase, you can simply go to guildhallwealth.com, okay. log on to the e-store, and you can make a purchase very easily. And again, or you can go to therealmoneyshow.com and sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor and keep learning more. Let's take a quick break, guys, and we'll get back into it with some natural fancy color diamonds. Love this part of the show. Uh, the number to start investing, which Jeremy mentioned, one eight seven seven eight silver And go online, indeed, to therealmoneyshow.com. And more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver and online to therealmoneyshow.com. The Precious Metal Advisor, make sure you sign up for that when you're on the website and listening to the show. Let's uh, talk about some diamonds here. Uh, Jeremy, favorite part of the show, natural fancy colored diamonds. What do you got for us today? We have a few new diamonds okay. that came in. Um, one in particular is a 1.10 fancy yellow radiant. Beautiful. And it's uh, internally flawless, of course. And you're looking at just shy of uh, $14,000 Canadian for that. One of the problems with the U.S. dollar, of course, is that uh, we do have to contend with that for purchasing natural fancy colored diamonds. And so we, we've had a tough time keeping the prices, um, you know, where the market should be because the, the dollar has been, yeah. has been climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, we do see steady rises in the value of natural fancy colored diamonds across the board. It's such an easy investment to make because you're just purchasing something beautiful, sitting on it. And a, a, a diamond like this, you could see anywhere from 7 to 10% gains um, in valuations on that annually. So on a, on a 5 to 10-year basis, you're going to be looking at a significant increase. And that again, that's based on something investing less than $14,000 Canadian. And what you're getting is a diamond that is in size-wise hitting the mark over one carat in strength wise you're getting fancy which there's vivid intense and fancy we wouldn't go lighter than that in terms of the saturation yeah. quality um in clarity you're looking at internally flawless if we were to go and buy a similar white diamond you probably wouldn't find an internally flawless in a jewelry store anyway so if you were to just compare apples to oranges here this quality of diamond already well surpasses what most people would buy in a jewelry store and 
even if you could buy that white diamond internally flawless with all the type of qualities that this has, um, you're still not going to get that investment side. It's not going to be nearly as rare. So a diamond like this, again, a one, 1.10 fancy yellow, internally flawless, trading for just uh, just under 14000 Canadian, you could put that into a ring. You could put that in an engagement ring. You could put it into an anniversary ring. You could put it into a pendant. There's so many things that you could do with that to enjoy it over the next 5, 10 years. And while you're enjoying it, you're going to be getting that increase of, again, anywhere from 7 to 10% comfortably on that. Now, if you wanted to look at a much uh, stronger investment where you were putting in anywhere from let's say sixty to a hundred thousand, you could be looking comfortably at a pink diamond wow. um, that could be either a large fancy or a smaller intense, and those diamonds could be getting upwards of twenty twenty percent plus a year. We're we're constantly trying to procure more diamonds, and it's always a struggle. For example, uh, getting back to the fancy yellow, Paul must have gone through at least. 100 GIA reports from the one dealer, and they were all good diamonds to begin with. But not investment grade. But they, none of them were investment right. grade. And once he found the ones that, that suited his purposes GIA-wise, um, now you had to actually look at the diamond and see if it the had... The ball filter. See if it had yep. something, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes they can be great on paper, but lifeless in, in real life. And I find it's just like dating. <laughs> you, could, you could find someone, hey, that person looks great. They're a doctor. They're, they're this, this tall, whatever it is, right? But at the end of the day, you, you still want to go for coffee and see if there's a connection. And, yeah, right. and these diamonds have fire. They're beautiful. And again, what, what type of investment can you enjoy while it's continuing to make money. We've never had anyone who purchased a colored diamond with Guildhall that's lost money on a, on a natural fancy colored diamond. Um, in fact, we've seen valuations that are constantly surprising. So it's such a wonderful market to be a part of. If you want to look at what we're looking at right now, you can go to guildhalldiamonds.com, uh-huh. go to the collection, and you can see the type of diamonds that we're talking about here. And you can almost forget because you're enjoying it, having it in a ring or a pendant that you're actually you're making money on it, and and that's such a great entry level at about fourteen thousand dollars for that yellow, right? Yeah, if 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 you want to push buttons all day and watch stocks and and pull your hair out, no, no, no. Um, both you and me don't really have that problem, John. But no. um, if you if you did want to do that, then this isn't what you'd be looking for. Um, you know, you'll invest in your stocks, you'll go in and out, and, and try to make the same type of returns. However, if you're if you're comfortable with let's say GICs or real estate, where literally you're just buying it, sitting on it, and seeing how watching it grow, this is this is something that you could really get behind it with just a little bit of knowledge. You know, we all we all had to go through some some paces to learn how to buy real estate, learn what to. It's all growing pains, right? It's right? all growing pains. But once you buy, once you make that first purchase, all of a sudden. The world opens up to you and you understand it and you're willing to buy the next one and the next one and the next one. So we definitely see that people who've purchased colored diamonds in the past will come back and, and, and create a collection. And to create a collection is, is wonderful. You just you buy a yellow, you buy a pink, you buy a blue-green, you buy a different type of yellow, and uh, you can see the, the type of gains it's going to get year in, year out. And people follow the website. They see the prices increase. And, and our prices are a reflection of... Of a, the buying power is always getting better. Mm-hmm. We're always finding new places to purchase, but the the supply side, just as we were talking with silver, is always tough. They're 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 just not. These diamonds were created billions of years ago. There's only so many in the yeah. Earth's crust. You're only going to find so many. It could literally be one in a billion to find a type of diamond like this. Um, even even the fancy internally flawless. So it's such a small supply side, but the demand side is massive when you think about the fact that there's 7 billion people on the planet and people are getting engaged. They're looking to be more individual individualistic with, with their engagement rings. And so there's always such a strong demand side of this that it, it's a fight to, to try to find something that not only is already beautiful, already rare, already of immense criteria, but now you're fighting to, to, to get that. So, for example, we're having a tough time finding intense pinks um, that are argyle. Argyle, right. Um, yeah. That, you know, we, we do see some fancies and they're going up immensely as well. Uh, just right now we're going through a pocket where we're having a tough time in, in, in intense. Same thing in, in yellows. We're going through a little bit of a pocket where we're having a tough time finding intense. Um, but that said, we do have 
a really beautiful, uh, you should definitely check this out on the website, a 2.8 intense yellow princess cut IF. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous diamond. Um, I remember buying it. and uh, Really? Yeah. And um, we actually had it with a client and they've moved up to a different diamond. So we're, we're helping to resell that diamond. And this is what Guildhall does as well. Because they're so hard to procure, we're more than happy to help resell these diamonds. I consider ourselves almost like um, a high-end real estate agency that's dealing in a particular neighborhood. We know the neighborhood and we want to continue to to, to sell in that neighborhood or a gallery that sells Andy Warhol paintings. When you're finished with your Andy Warhol, what do you do? You bring it back to the gallery that sold it because that's what they focus on. And we focus on internally flawless yellow diamonds. We focus on VS pinks. And all of these diamonds, because they're so rare, because the criteria is so high, they get um, incredible valuations year in, year out. So the, the, the difficulty for us to procure them only results in the fact that these prices continue to rise. What is it with the Argyle mine? What is it, why are they so rare? Is it, is, it's closing, right? It is closing. You can only mine um, out of one mine for so long. This right. mine's been um, been uh, bringing diamonds out of the ground since the mid-'80s. They've finished open pit mining, so now they're, they're mining deeper. And the deeper you go, the smaller the diamonds get. And uh, the harder it's going to be to find pink diamonds. What's interesting is they do produce 90% of the world's pinks, but I, strangely enough, I would put the premium on the other 10%, the, the, diamond, the pink diamond that you'd find in Russia or the pink diamond you'd find in Brazil. Um, be that as it may, Argyle does have a certain cachet about it, and people uh, are vying for these diamonds so much so that every year those that can bid on the Argyle tender which goes around the goes around the world shows in about four different countries they show off the the mm-hmm. the best 50 60 diamonds that they have bidders are willing to go over 30% over wow. 40% to try to get those diamonds because it doesn't matter you're going to get it you're going to hold on to it. It doesn't matter if you, I mean, you're not overpaying if someone else was willing to pay over 30%. So you're not really overpaying, but you are willing to hold on to that. And it doesn't matter if you sell it this year or you sell it next year, or you sell it the year after, it's money in the bank. And the problem's going to be when you sell it. What do you do now that you've sold this this beautiful thing? Imagine owning a Picasso. Trying to replace it. What do you do once you right. sell it? Yep. Um, same thing with pinks. And, and we've seen the prices rise incredibly. We had a, most recently we had an Argyle pink. I think it was a 0.81 intense. And originally back in 2011, you would have been able to buy that in the low 200,000s. Okay. Um, it was selling, uh, it sold most recently just under four. I'm looking at and it that's right within, now on the website. It's that's, incredible. That's within three years. Yep. Now, that money makes money in this respect. Um, you know, that uh, rarity equals value. So this was a very rare diamond, and it's going to be very difficult to replace that diamond. So anywhere that someone can start, I think we cover the gambit on uh, on our collection in terms of getting into the market for as little as 11, 14, 11 to 14,000 mm-hmm. up to millions. Um, you know, we have people who are always trying to source diamonds. Um, it's nice to come into the office, look at the diamonds, knowing your price range, and then letting the diamond choose you. Uh, we see that almost... Yeah, Paul says that all the time, right? Yeah, we see that almost all the time. Some will say, yeah, I'm looking to spend about forty to 50000 We show them what we have at the time in, in, that, in that range, and inevitably they'll choose they'll something. Go, wow, that that's day. the one. That's the one. That's the one. one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhalldiamonds.com. You mentioned that being a starter stone in the yellows. And uh, is it often the case that people get into a yellow, like you said, maybe we go out to a small pink and they, they, they put these away maybe for pay off a mortgage in 15 years, possibly university for the kids in 15 or 20 years? Good yeah. plan, right? If you, if you start with one because it's new to you and you've, you've learned enough to say, yes, I see where this is going, I want to get involved, um, knowing that Guildhall stands behind its product because we own all of the product that we have. And um, you get involved, you purchase, let's say you purchase the fancy, and in a few years later you're getting the appraisals year over year or every few years. You get the new appraisals. You're following the pricing in the market on online with either Guildhall's um, inventory or just seeing what's out there. And you decide, wow, you know, three, four years, 
Um, the prices have moved up significantly. I'll give you an example in just a minute. And then you can always move up. You can okay. say, look, uh, I've got this fancy. I want to move up to an intense. We have clients do that all the time. Um, I had a client do that recently, moved up from an intense and just said, no, the obviously the more I can put into this, the more I'll get out of it. Right. So I want to move up to the move up to the vivid. Remember, we're talking about yellows right now, and the the, str- the strongest color, most saturated color is vivid. The next level down would be intense, and the next level and down fancy. would be fancy. We don't do light fancy. Um, the intense diamonds, you could have bought three, four years ago an intense diamond in the mid-teens. Now they're in the mid-20s. Where are they going to be in 10 years, right? Exactly. Right. Uh, and some might say, wow, you know, does, does, that diamond could be worth 150000 Who would spend 150000 on such a little thing? Who knew you could be spending six hundred thousand dollars on a twelve hundred square foot house? House, yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You know, more than that now, yep. and and yet that's that's the case. The only difference is people don't mortgage diamonds; they buy it, they hold it, and um, it's it's such an easy way to make money. That yes, if you were thinking fifteen years out. You could start with an intense. You could start with that yellow diamond for just under fourteen. Again, a one carat fancy yellow, internally flawless. Fifteen years from now, you're probably going to double your money, at least three times, I would think, and uh, that might not pay for the full education, but you're going to be definitely on your way. You could there. just put it in a safety deposit box, not really forget about it, but just let it uh, let it grow, as they say, right? You could do that. I think that's uh, personally. I think that's a shame. I think yeah, you right. should put it into a, into something. Um, you know, if you are lucky enough to have uh, a, a partner who wants to wear it and, mm-hmm. and is telling you, "Yes, I want that," um, you are going to be the belle of the ball. Um, it, it couldn't express more individuality. It couldn't attract more attention. And um, what's what's also interesting is people still don't know what they are. They still don't know. They think, oh, a colored diamond, that's less rare than a white, right? Yeah. It's not just not the it's case. It's worthless. Yeah, yeah right. and, and look, we have, an, we have investor guides. We have buying, buying guides. You can just pick up those. You can go to guildhalldiamonds.com and, and fill out the forms, and, and you'll, uh, we'll send you the information on natural fancy Excellent. colored diamonds. So you can learn as much as you can, and I'll tell you what people do. They learn about colored diamonds just a little bit, even if you come to Guildhall, look at look at some of the colored diamonds, look at some of the prices, look mm-hmm. at the quality, and then I challenge you to go out to some jewelry stores and a try to find them, try to find a colored diamond in that in 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 that meeting those criteria, right? And then see what type of prices are, and you'll start to understand the difference between wholesale and retail, and just what type of quality we have at Guildhall. I I would think that that's probably our biggest challenge sure. is just trying to get across just how rare they are, just how strong the quality is, um, knowing that, that Guildhall puts, we put our money where our mouth is, we own these diamonds, we're willing to hold on to them. Uh, we'll hold on to them as long as it takes. Because they're still <laughs> making money. So. Again, it's all money in the bank. But generally, I'd say that uh, the turnover of our collection is pretty much once a year. Everything turns over. So it's it's not like they're... We're having a tough time selling them. I want to talk more about, uh, you know, trading out that diamond or even selling the diamond later on, how they do that with you guys and also your, your in-house expertise. But for, uh, we'll take a quick break first. one silver online to either therealmoneyshow.com or guildhalldiamonds.com as well. More of the show coming up. And more of The Real Money Show, the number. Start investing. one eight seven seven eight silver You get uh, precious metals and, of course, natural fancy-colored diamonds as well. Darren, I want to get back into this about uh, Venezuela adding diamonds to the financial reserves. What is that story all about? Well, John, that's a big thing because, as you know, we talk about precious metals and the importance and the role that uh, assets like gold and silver play in a country's finances. And in good times they tend to lean away from the risk assets. Countries and central banks alike tend to be net sellers of gold and silver when their stock markets are running, uh, when their economy is pumped up and running well and the housing markets are good. But when the downturns come, we generally see historically a move by central banks to bolster their foreign reserves by adding hard assets. In some cases, that might be uh, for countries which are democratic countries, the growth of programs for buying gold uh, could be the growth of programs to um, nationalize crown property or or sell off some crown property to add or bulk up their paper reserves. But in countries like Venezuela and other countries like that, we sometimes see these crazy things happen. But 
as crazy as it may sound, more recently Venezuela has uh, decided to add diamonds, and those are going to be both colored and whites to their financial reserves. This is an article uh, found on diamonds.net. It's a move to strengthen their financial security and their currency. And Venezuela's central bank issued a decree to use diamonds, precious metals, and other currency deposits to boost their own reserves amid their own economic uncertainty and with, of course, falling oil prices. Everybody's panicking over these. Now, the decree expanded the definition of reserve currency to be backed by mineral assets such as diamonds and convertible currencies that are deposited in the bank's vaults. The statement didn't differentiate whether the precious metals, uh, precious me- the precious stones in the form of diamonds were rough or polished or a combination of both, but merely just pointed that out. So this is an incredible moment in history because this is the first time we see a central bank of any type use diamonds to support their own economy. And this is really what we said a long time ago. We've been talking about it for a very, very long time. The importance of understanding the diversification that's happening behind closed doors. What we do is pick up the paper every morning and turn on our TV, open up our iPads and Mm -hmm. tablets, and we read the headlines that state the economy is getting better and better. It's very, very misleading The headlines are really uh, telling us something that's not happening. The truth is being swept under the rug as far as what is really occurring. And the truth is that since 2009, central banks have actually been net uh, buyers of gold and silver. And now with Venezuela, buyers of colored diamonds and white diamonds. Now, a country wouldn't make the mistake of delving into these markets unless they felt that those were mechanisms to protect their economies long term in the event that something might happen that's catastrophic and I'm not one that supports the notion that we're going to see the whole world fall apart and we need to have some type of barter system in place or a bunker to store all your food but the reality is that there are central banks around the world including uh, those here in the west some of them that are actually adding gold to their reserves the US is obviously the largest at Fort Knox gold holdings, uh, surpassing all other holdings around the world. But we've never seen those audited in some 50, 60 years, so we don't know if they're really there. I would probably venture a guess that they're not there. And in fact, what we're seeing or sitting on is maybe half truths, maybe a quarter truth of what is really the touted amount. But this goes hand in hand with what we're talking about when we're talking about colored diamonds being investment stones. These are investments that really are not something that are mainstream just yet. When they do become mainstream and even 1% or 2% of the mainstream get a hold of them, prices for pinks, which are now 30, 40, 50,000 on our website, starting prices will easily be 50, 60,000. Just like 10 years ago when I started at the firm, pink diamonds were selling in the 5 to 10, 15, $20,000 range, the same stones we have on our site today. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing tremendous gain from these. You're getting tremendous amount of return. Each diamond is unique. There is no two diamonds alike. So the return on each diamond is completely different. But the more rare the color, going from the rarest, which is red, down to the most affordable in our line of diamonds, which is yellows, uh, that will determine what type of return you make. On yellows, for an investment that would be very on par with what you would contribute to your RSP in a year, 10 to 15, 20,000, you could easily see 8 to 12% return per year every year for for here till the the cows come home. So, I mean, this is a good way to start diversifying your portfolio. If you're new to this, it starts by calling the firm. It starts by going online to Guildhall Diamonds and getting a little bit of information. But more importantly, it starts by making that first initial attempt to actually do something to change the outcomes for your investment future and your family's investment future. One eight seven seven eight silver and uh, go to guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the collection that Darren was talking about. We're going to... Uh... Uh, get you on for the next few minutes here. We dropped out for a bit. As everybody knows or didn't know, we're Skyping this afternoon because as we record this, you're uh, way steep in some snow. So hopefully our connection stays true for the uh, the remainder of uh, of the show today. Uh, I want to get back into something you mentioned earlier. Paul has purchased some new pink diamonds, which is pretty exciting, right? It is exciting. And the reason it's exciting is because pinks tend to sell very quickly nowadays. They weren't always the fastest selling diamonds, but with the amount of marketing that's been done by the largest mine in the world, which is the Argyle Pink Mine uh, in Australia, Western Australia, 
it has become over the last five, six years, an asset which is uh, in high demand all over the world. It The pink diamonds themselves are hard enough to get, let alone the quality that we seek uh, when we look around the world for diamonds. And Paul is exceptional at finding that quality. Mm -hmm. What Paul looks for in a diamond is something that's called VS clarity or better. And VS clarity, uh, just to a layman's, to somebody who doesn't know much about diamonds, is simply the way we say – the level of clarity at which point we say we no longer can see any flaws with our human eyes. We're not, it's not possible. We need a microscope to see any flaws in the diamond. And that to us makes it investment grade diamond. Now, if you're listening and you've been thinking about buying a diamond, think twice about buying a diamond that has a clarity level below VS. If you're looking at pinks and they have an SI clarity or an I clarity, these are stones which we as a firm do not believe are investment grade stones. They may be for the size of stone. If you're talking about maybe three, four carat or larger, then that's a different story. But in the less than one carat range from 25 points to a half a carat, half a carat to 75 points, these diamonds must be VS quality or higher. Now, Paul getting some of these pink diamonds is nothing short of incredible because as everybody knows that is an avid listener to the show, we barely get an opportunity to seek out this type of quality of diamond. And when we do, they do go very quickly. So when these diamonds come to us, you'll want to be on the list, the mailing list, and uh, you'll want to get the first dibs at getting the uh, email that will uh, give you some insight about what diamonds are coming to market. And again, that'll offer you the opportunity to be first on the block to uh, look at the diamond, see the diamond, and purchase the diamond. And without that, really, you're looking at a, a diamond that's going to be sought by dozens of other people on the exact same day looking for the same thing. Now, thousands of people get our newsletter every week. Thousands of people are going across Canada and the rest of the world are going to hear the show and they're going to get the first crack. So if you're not already on that mailing list, it's as simply as going to the website, asking and uh, committing to getting that uh, that Precious Metals Advisor. Get on the diamond mailing list and it all starts right there. And in-house, of course, you have Nicole Snipman, your diamond expert, can answer all the questions and knows this uh, business inside now better than anybody really, right? Better than anybody. The market would be uh, – the market for diamonds is a very complex arena. If you're doing this alone without an expert on your uh, on your side, then I think you're bound to potentially make a really bad mistake in the type of quality of diamond that you purchase. Lots of people out there selling colored diamonds, only a handful selling in pinks, VS quality or better. Truly, when you come to us, you're coming to an expert uh, group of individuals who understand the markets uh, as good as anybody else in the world. And Nicole is world class. She's on our team. And if you're a client, you get her on your team. Well, I uh, take it for another week, my friend. It's all uh, brilliant advice, and people should get on this right away. A wonderful investment, one that's uh, going to go up, and you really have to do nothing else with it but make the call and go on the website. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and online to either therealmoneyshow.com or guildhalldiamonds.com. Reminder as well, next week on the show, we'll have David Morgan talking about silver and precious metals. You don't want to miss that one. This has been another edition of The Real Money Show.